Hello there, it's Tommy from The Run Testers with another podcast special. In this episode, we are going to be talking to Ben Felton of Ben Is Running about loads of different things from his favourite running shoes to his training and what he thinks is going to happen in the world of running shoes in the near future. If you want to find out more about Ben, you can head over to his YouTube channel, which is at Ben Is Running, and his Instagram, which is also at Ben Is Running. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello, welcome Ben to the Run Testers podcast. How's it going? Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. So we've got Ben is running on today, Ben Felton, and we're going to just be talking about all sorts of stuff to do with running from racing and various bits of kit that we've tried to uh, what we think is going to be happening in the world of running over the next uh, few months and years, if we can go that far. Yeah, so let's just kick off and see how how you're doing. How's, how's things? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, I was just saying off camera, I've had a little bit of car problems today um spent far too long in a coffee shop waiting for a tire to be fixed on the car but other than that i've had a good day thanks how about yourself uh, well not not as bad as that i've just had a fairly uh, mediocre day i've been ill all week so today's the first day i've not i've not been feeling ill so uh making the best of it and just about to uh just go out on my run this evening which nice. i don't normally like going on a run this late because i normally can't be bothered but um because it's I'm been quite warm today hasn't it so you might you might be better going off later in the evening a bit cooler yeah yeah, it's just it's quite a tasty one. It's it's, it's like an hour and a half, a fartlek. And the only way I can do fartleks in Brighton is laps of a park because it's just too uh, busy okay. on the streets to, to, to do them well uh, any other way. So it gets very boring. I end up doing about 20 laps of the park probably tonight, which isn't fun. That sounds hefty. Yeah. Better than the track though, better than the track. It is better than track, yeah. A little bit, little bit more exciting. So let's, let's kick off the chat by just finding out about... Uh, for any of the listeners that don't know who you are, and I guess most of the listeners that, that we have probably do know who you are, but how did you get into running, Ben? Yeah, so I started running when I actually moved abroad. Um, straight after university, I moved to Stockholm with my girlfriend. Um, she got a job with H&M, and mm. there was an opportunity to move over there. Um, but at the time, we knew pretty much nobody over there. We had one sort of friend who'd moved over there and was, yeah, we met up with, with her far too often. So I was like... I need to think of a way of finding other people that are maybe have moved to this this city. Uh, and I thought, oh, I'll try going along to a run club. Um, and I joined a, a run club called Sideline. And they met up on Tuesdays after work type thing, went for a run. There was four groups. You could sort of go in any sort of ability group. And then we'd all meet up afterwards, have a few beers, some discounted food at a local cafe and yeah, have a good time. It was a nice way of meeting people. So that's where I first got into running. I had no idea at the time that it's going to basically take over my whole life and I was going to get pretty addicted to it in a big way. So um, yeah, that's where it started. How long ago was that then? That was in the middle of 2019. 2019, So you've really come on a a long way in terms of racing and, and, and time since then, I imagine. Yeah. So I started going along to my local park run out in Sweden and then it sort of I think that sort of was the spark that almost kick-started the competitive sort of nature of running for me um, I was going back every weekend trying to run a faster time and then I was just like how can I get a faster 5k I've got to run more so I went from running maybe once or twice a week with the run club to running three or four times a week to then basically every day and just wanting to run as much as I possibly could and get as quick as possible so yeah well, it's definitely it's definitely paid off. What what sort of yeah, times did you get when you started doing part run? 
I think my, my first 5K was around 22 minutes. So I had some, some natural talent. I used to play football quite a lot as a child. So I had some, some cardiovascular fitness from that, I guess. But yeah, then slowly, I reckon over the first year, I got it down to around 19 minutes, something like that. So progress wasn't rapid to start with, but I saw enough of a of an improvement to to get me get me into it, um, and then just slowly taken 20, 30 seconds off here and there over the last couple of years. So yeah. All right. So on, from that twenty two minutes that you started on, hit us. What are you on now? Uh, my current five k PB is fourteen forty two. Quite which, quite a jump there. Yeah, quite a jump. Yeah. Yeah, about seven eight minutes of of time, which is quite a lot for a five k when I look back on it. But um. Are you yeah. are you still working on that? You're still trying to to take that down. Yeah, I'd love to try and go down a little bit further. I don't know how much how much further it's going to go. Certainly not going to be getting any thirty second minute PBs anytime soon. That's for sure. That's that's impressive. I've I've, I've been sitting around eighteen for a while now, and I, I yeah I can't seem to get any further. I need to uh... get so much harder when you get quicker, doesn't it? To take the the seconds off, see those yeah, improvements. It's impressive. Well, I took. Uh three seconds off by 10 kpb at the weekend and that's taken me about a year i think to do that yeah um, it's crazy isn't it sometimes how it works yeah yeah all right well let's let's um let's dive into with the run testers obviously we want to talk about kit so let's yeah. uh let's dive in to probably the biggest question that i ask people which is what was the first running shoe that you can really remember blew your way as a running shoe yeah so well, my first ever pair of running shoes was just a basics A6 gel Nimbus or gel Cumulus or something like that. Um, I can't remember which model. I did all of my runs in it, races, everything. Didn't really think much about running shoes. Then I remember getting the Nike Pegasus Turbo. I think it was the Turbo 2. Um, and I was like, wow, this shoe is is incredible. Had like the, I look back at it now and it obviously had the Zoom X sort of like double layer with the React foam. So you could pretty much do anything in that shoe like you could go for a recovery run but you could also race a 5k in it and it was just yeah super lightweight a lot more responsive than than my original ASIC so yeah that shoe probably stood out to me as the standout shoe that I've first came across I would I would say yeah that's probably that's my one as well actually uh the original peg turbo I remember I remember taking that out for a 10k and I got I hadn't got pb for a long time and i got one as soon as i wore that shoe i'm not sure if it's because the shoe just made me a bit faster but it just felt so yeah, it was so nice slight, to run it? it yeah uh, and I know, I, you know when you put maybe the first time you put on a vaporfly you can you can feel that tipping action but you sort of got yeah. that as well with the peg turbo it sort of rolled you forward and it, it was it was sort of an alien feel to a shoe at that time that not many shoes were doing that yeah definitely i've actually saved the search on um on ebay so that if a pair comes up in my size again and it's fairly reasonable. I might, I might roll back the years and try and grab a pair if one comes up. Yeah, nice. I, I've actually got a pair of Peg Turbo Twos which I've only worn once. And oh, I really? Never got rid of them. And I did try them again last year. We were doing a lot of stuff on the channel last year about favourite old shoes. Yeah. And, um, I think me and Nick were talking about a Peg Turbo, and uh, we wanted to test if it was actually as good as we remember. It's, it's not. It's not. No, not now. You've got. I think back yeah. in those days, no did ever. You know, you hadn't tried all these car play super shoes at the time, so it was pretty yeah. amazing. But now, it's a, it's nice. I enjoyed running in it, got but romanticized um, a bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so that's just a bit more, bit about your shoes at the moment. What do you? What's your current rotation? What What you're wearing at the moment? Yeah, so in my rotation at the moment, recovery runs. I'm doing a lot in the Nike Invincible. Invincible 
is it the two or the three the latest one the three it's i the think three at the moment isn't it yeah, yeah. um i do a lot of my easy runs in the cloud monster still uh and the a6 super blast is probably uh one of my big favorites at the moment yeah that shoe just i think of of any shoe that i've got at the moment just stands out to me of at being like a great all-rounder for racing i'm not really too precious about a carbon racing shoe i, I do like the new nike vaporfly i've got my uh, 5k pb in that shoe and i probably would say if i could only have one that would still be the top dog but i also like the new uh cloud uh echo three from from on that's just come out a little bit firmer but um just feels really like streamlined and fast when you put it on so i'm excited to maybe lace that one up for for the next race but yeah that's a little bit about rotation i've got a lot of shoes to be honest with you that i sort of flick between but those i'd say were are the ones that I gravitate to most at the moment. Nice. I've 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 got the Cloudy Echo Three. I've never tried it. That's the one I'm going to take it out tonight and 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 give it a give it a oh, nice. test later. Yeah. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the last two versions, but um, I, this looks like a complete overhaul from from the yeah. previous one. So quite like a yeah. The previous version was terrible. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. But this one is completely different. Um, it's got the P-backs midsole. Mm. Um, the same as sort of like Nike and Adidas now, so it feels a lot more responsive. Um, the plate in the in the forefoot is quite close to the ground, so it does have a little bit more of a um, firmer feel to some compared to something like the Vaporfly. But once you get used to that a little bit, it feels it feels pretty good. Especially the faster you go, the better it feels. It's one of those sort of shoes. Mm. All right, well, I, we, we should have some thoughts coming up soon. I think we've all we're all going to be testing that one out, so it should be interesting to see how that fares. We yeah, were all pretty amazed good. by the Cloud Surfer Seven because mm. they're, you know, basically started properly changing their shoe designs now. So it's quite interesting to, to yeah, test them out. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, so the, for a few years now they've been a bit too focused on their cloud tech, the gimmicky. Mm. They look great, but when it came to running performance, they weren't quite as good as as a lot of the other shoe companies on the market. So yeah, 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 yeah good to see them uh, trending in the right direction. Interesting that you picked the Super Blast. So I'm the only run tester that's had the Super Blast, and I absolutely love it. I put it in as like my one of my favourite sort of daily shoes. Yeah. I do find it a tricky shoe to put into a category because uh, yeah. it's it crosses a lot, of, a lot of different categories. And when we when we when I did the review video, a lot of people were saying no, it's a it's a max cushion shoe, and some people were saying no, it's a sort of faster shoe for tempo training and things like that. What where, where do you fit it in? Yeah, so I use it for. Anything from sort of easy, moderate, long runs, it's great because you've got a huge amount of them, like responsive cushioning underfoot. I haven't done any like hard sessions in it, but if I had to, I I could do. Like yeah. it feels like it's a shoe that you could run fast in, do intervals. If you say you, you could only take one pair of shoes on a holiday with you, it'd be probably mm-hmm. one of the first ones I'd, I'd look to because, yeah, you can basically do anything in it. It's it's pretty handy. If it wasn't for such a high price tag, I think a lot more yeah. people would have um, would have picked that one up. Yeah, it's definitely one of those shoes where I mean, you, you've probably got a, 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 as big a pile of shoes as I have in my cupboard, and it, I'll look through it, and there's only like a couple that I look at and go, "Oh, I really want to." I'm excited to take that out every time I yeah. go for a run with it, and that's that's one of the shoes on the list where I go, oh, "I can't wait for go for running that one." Yeah, I'm trying to wean myself off it a little bit, to be honest <laughs> with you, because it almost makes my easy runs feel like too easy sometimes yeah. and i wonder yeah. if maybe i'm not getting as much like benefit from my easy runs because i'm picking a faster shoe so i've been using the the, the peg turb uh, peg 40s 
mm-hmm. um, just a basic shoe just for some some easy run-ins to to make those easy run-ins feel a little bit harder than when I wear something like a Super Blast or a Prime X or something like that. Yeah, and you've got to make those. You've got to make some of your runs a bit more enjoyable, haven't you? You can't be yeah, exactly. The same it's nice to treat you all the time. All right, then. Well, let's let's have a look at. Uh, this is a tricky question for some people, but um, what's your favourite foam? Favourite foam. Oh, that's a good question. I'd probably go the Light Strike Pro from Adidas. Mm. Um, I recently wore the the Pro Threes for uh my marathon in in boston and it's one of those shoes that those foam sorry that feels good at all like paces i'd say like if i'm jogging around in a in the light strike pro foam it feels good as soon as you pick up the pace it gets it becomes more responsive it's got a good amount of like cushioning and responsiveness so yeah if i had to pick pick one foam i'd probably go with with adidas light strike pro i'd say good choice yeah it's a, it's, a, it's a solid phone, that one. It sort of ticks a lot of boxes for everyone and nobody really dislikes it, whereas some phones you tend to, you know, they're a bit too soft or a bit too firm. It seems um, to be quite durable as well. I feel like it yeah. doesn't compress too much, whereas yeah. other phones do a little bit. And, yeah, you said you did Boston in, in that. Is, is that the only time you've, you've, you've ran a marathon in the Adios Pros? Yeah, first time okay. I'd taken them any... Well, I'd done a lot of long runs in, them, in the block, um, but that was the first time I used it for, for a marathon. And they felt great all the way to the finish, whereas something like uh, the Alpha Fly that I used for my previous marathon to that, you'd get pain in the, or I personally would get pain in my uh, my arches um, towards the end. I know a lot of people had like blisters and stuff. Just that shoe gave me a little bit of discomfort, even though it was really fast. Whereas the Adidas Pro 3s still feel really fast, but they maintain their comfort across the duration. That's what I found anyway. Nice. I've never used them for a marathon. I've, I've always been tempted to, but there's another shoe's always cropped up that's sort of taken the, the top spot for me. But yeah. I, I do really need to give it a go because I hear very good things from anybody who's, 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 done, who's done a marathon in them. Yeah, definitely. I think it's because maybe on first impressions, it didn't necessarily blow me away as like an incredible shoe. Whereas when you put the Vaporfly on for the first time, you're like, whoa, this is, this is making me feel really fast. Whereas the Adidas, because it feels so comfortable at slower paces for me i was like "Mm, maybe it's not the best shoe to use but i gave it a go and yeah i probably would pick it over any other shoe for the marathon distance now having had such a a good experience in it um it's just like a safe option that when you're trying to recommend shoes to people it's it's always good to be like yep this one's going to be comfortable for 42 kilometers you know i think you'll be fine in it so i'd recommend it yeah definitely all right, so from uh, things you like to things you don't like, if, if there's one element, so we, we talk about this quite a lot on the run testers where um, brands often add features to shoes or there are design design elements to shoes where we just question why they're there or, or, or why they put these features on. Is there anything that you can think of in running shoe design that you think, well, why, why have they bothered with that? What's the point? Yeah, nothing really comes to mind like screaming out to me that really annoys me or like that, but... I'm not a huge fan of sock-like uppers. Um, like, for example, the New Balance Elite V3, the, the yeah. latest one. I really like that shoe. I think the foam's great. But for me, the upper, the way that you sort of like tie the lacing down around like the the final sort of eyelet chains on that shoe just give me a little bit of irritation on my foot, yeah. um, whether it's the, where, where the stitching is on the upper. I think I just prefer a shoe that has a tongue and I can 
like adjust the lockdown a little bit to my liking. Whereas when you've got a, a sock like upper, it kind of restricts the way the shoe fits to your foot a little bit. So I know that a lot of people do really get on get on well with with those type uppers, like in the the Nike React. Uh, they had I remember using that shoe for loads of miles um, when I originally had it, and I had no problems with that upper. But yeah, I think if I had to pick one feature, I probably would get rid of those get rid of that and stick to some sort of tongue gusted tongue's great but a sock like upper doesn't really work for me personally yeah i agree with you i I have exactly the same problem with that shoe Mm. and i think i I think it's i don't so much mind that like sock sock like upper when it's an easy day shoe or a shoe that you're not really you don't need a really tight lockdown fit that's really comfortable but when it comes to race shoes just doesn't work for me i had I, i didn't really like the fit of the was it 1080 the i think any of them really probably like the 10 they've got yeah. like that sock like design and i always yeah. found it was a bit it was it was comfortable but if you're turning corners and things you sort of you can feel your foot pressing out of it a bit because it's not really holding it in place yeah um but okay. I definitely definitely not a fan of it on on race shoes i want it you know strapped down as, as as tightly as possible so that you know my foot's not moving around yeah definitely and then you get into problems with the laces as well because you're trying to tighten the laces to the point where they're too tight and because the upper is often quite thin with those type of shoes, you you can get some some pains. And I always seem to get blisters around sort of where my foot is going into the shoe, and yeah. just get irritation from from that type of upper. So yeah, good pick, good pick. Yeah. All right. So on to my favourite question of, of the podcast, and that is, what it would be your Frankenstein shoes? So if you could take the best elements from lots of different shoes, what would what would that shoe look like? Yeah, so I had to think about this before the podcast. So I don't really know where to start, but maybe let's start with the laces, go really specific. Um, the Vaporfly, I think it was the Vaporfly 2 or the Vaporfly 3, uh, or it might have been the Alpha Fly. No, it was the Alpha Fly, where it had the, the first time I'd ever seen those sort of like ribbed laces, so that when you tied them up, you knew they weren't going to come undone. I just thought that was quite a clever design. So I'd go with Alpha Fly original laces um in terms of like a lacing system i think the shoe that works best for me is the cloud monster um i can just tie it up super quick get out of the door if i'm wearing the shoe just to walk around i can loosen it up and it still fits nice um so i'd go with that the lacing system uh in terms of overall upper i think the best shoe that i've ever tried was the mac 4 from hocker um that shoe just fitted perfectly for me uh in terms of of terms of the upper the midsole i think as we were saying the super blast at the moment is is hard to it's hard to beat i could do fast runs in that shoe but i could also do easy runs whereas i think if i went for something a bit too aggressive with like a a carbon fiber plate i'd probably end up getting injured trying to run five minute kilometers on my easy runs in that shoe so yeah i'd go for Asics on the bottom, bit of hocker, bit of on, and some Nike laces. It's a good mix. Yeah, uh, uh, some good choices there. And that, I'm always amazed by, like the Alpha Fly laces are a great example where that those laces are just perfect. I've yeah. never had any issues with laces, so I don't know why Nike doesn't start applying that to some of the other shoes that that that, that, that it's got. Um, yeah. But it seems it seems but laces are a funny ones. Sometimes you find it a, a fantastic one, and then you never see them again. And some brands mm. use awful laces. Surely that's the, one of the easiest decisions you can make. You, yeah. you can design the whole shoe, get it all made. The laces come afterwards. Just 
choose a good pair of laces. Yeah, for example, the uh, I don't know if you tried the Takumi Sen from Adidas. I haven't. I've, I've been looking at picking a pair of those up, actually. Yeah, well, the, I don't know about the new version, but the previous version to the one that's come out now, I, I brought that shoe and the laces were so cheapy, like terrible. They just didn't give me a good lockdown. I ended up selling the shoe because I just was it was irritating me every time I put it on. They, they were just sort of like, I don't know, they wouldn't sit right. They'd cause hot spots on top of my foot. So I was just like, no, nah, I'm, not, I'm not using that anymore. So it can make a big difference. The Completely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and for something that simple to fix and mm. that small to completely change your view of a shoe. Yeah, yeah you think about how long it took to design that shoe with the with the carbon rods, the yeah. midsole, the geometry of it, and then they just go and chuck some, I don't know, it felt like Poundland laces in there. It, it just, yeah, really... I'm always amazed when a shoe puts in taste. really long laces, like unnecessarily long. Yeah. Just in a random, like you get a version of a shoe and it's got really long laces. You think, well, the old one did have really long laces. That I'm sure nobody yeah, complained about. I don't about. know why they do that. Sod, laces. Surely in, in testing phases, they would get feedback that something like that is is not right and needs to be changed and it can be easily done i've got I guess no you could take some scissors to them if you needed to but it's, it's, it's an area we've never delved into on the run test so we should probably do a whole podcast on just laces but yeah, yeah. not, sure how, the, many, not sure how many clicks that i get yeah, um, I'd, I'd be watching <laughs> yeah well, you'd be on it um yeah. all right so then what about uh your go-to running accessory so what 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 thing do you own that you just you always use that without fail I guess the obvious one that comes to mind is is the watch, really, isn't it? Like, I guess I could live without it, but I do use it a lot as for for my interval sessions to know how far like four hundred meters is when I'm running on the road, um, and it's always good to see how far and how fast you've ran. Um, I guess that motivates a lot of people when it comes to running is seeing how fast you just ran a five k. You've got a watch on that makes it a lot easier. Um, so it'd probably be. Yeah, be my watch, maybe my headphones. I use the open run pros, the shocks ones, so I can where I live is all country lanes. So if I'm running and I have in ear headphones, I'll go around the corner and there'll be a car coming at me at like sixty miles an hour. So I've had a couple of near misses. So since I've had those headphones it's been it's made my running a lot safer. So it'd either be yeah, the watch or a pair of decent headphones, I think. Nice. And what watch are you wearing at the moment? Uh, I'm wearing the Pace 2 from Coros. Excellent. Yeah, just Good. find it the best in terms of like usability. Mm. It's a pretty simple watch, but it does everything that I need it to do. Um, and the battery life's decent. So, yeah, sort of yeah. stuck with it. Whenever whenever any of my friends who have got into running ask me what watch to buy, they want something that sort of does everything that mm. they can think of. Uh, I always say the Pace 2 just because... It's a reasonable price as well, isn't it? Yeah, if you, if, you, if you start going for cheaper options that maybe Garmin's got, you lose a, a significant amount of the features that you get on the Pace 2. Mm. But I always think the, the thing about the Chorus watches is that I think they're still updating the Pace. You, still, you probably still get firmware updates on the Pace 2, yeah, don't you? Yeah, nearly every month they, yeah. they bring some sort of firmware update, which is pretty unusual for yeah. a watch to keep getting better, even though you brought it at said price, you know? Yeah, I've I've not used mine for probably about nine months i try to think how long that update is going to take but yeah um, I might, i'll dig it out in a bit and see what see what's cropping up on it yeah cool all right then well um let's jump from kit to races now you've done quite a lot of races over the past couple of years you've done some pretty pretty major ones around the world 
what what would you say is your the favorite one you've done the one you've enjoyed the most uh i think my favorite would be my first marathon i did in copenhagen it just the day couldn't have gone any better really first marathon ran 228 which was two minutes quicker than my goal for the day i was hoping to run 230 i knew it was going to be a stretch having never ran the distance before um but i trained really hard for it uh, and i just had a really nice sort of atmosphere going into that one it was my friend's 30th birthday i think at the time so he was running copenhagen marathon anyway and he was like oh you do running you should come and do a marathon at the time i was like no i'm more of like a 5k 10k runner i don't think i could could do a marathon so there was about 10 to 15 of my friends his friends out there um sort of just celebrating around the course and on the day i ended up running um with the elite ladies in in the marathon so yeah it was made for quite a cool experience um good crowd support there in Copenhagen you can sort of get around to maybe like I think probably four or five different places on the course as a spectator so I saw my mates pretty much every it felt like every 10 minutes but um, maybe a bit longer than that and yeah just a great experience first ever marathon like crossing the line had a sense of achievement that I don't think I could I'd ever had before and be able to compare to probably anything that that's to come to be honest with you I think most people can say that for their first marathon so yeah, if I had to pick one race to, to relive and, and do again, it would probably be the Copenhagen Marathon. Good choice. I've, I've done Copenhagen, but I have to say, I can't remember why I signed up to it. I didn't have anyone. I just did it on my own, randomly. Yeah. And out of all the marathons I've done, I can't remember a lot about Copenhagen Marathon. I, I, I remember it was a really nice day. It was a, it yeah. was a, it was a nice route. Can't rem- I can't remember much else about it. It was probably about long before... You started running, it must have been like 2017, 2016, or something like that. But um, yeah, yeah, it's it's funny. You don't you don't often hear many people. You know, you know, when you're talking to friends who say, "Oh, I want to sign up to a marathon. Which one want to do?" It doesn't crop up that often as a as, no. as one of the top choices. I find, but I, I think, think it's definitely one that people should give a go. I think for me, it was more the the experience rather than the actual the actual mm. route or the event. It was more the fact that I had some some mates there, and it was the first one. So I think that definitely made it a bit more special than say if somebody's done 10 marathons they go and do Copenhagen and you're like oh yeah it was nice but you're yeah. not going to it's not going to stand out as like the best yeah. marathon they've ever done well it's a, it's a great place to go to with mates I've, I've been there a few times yeah. to Copenhagen it's a it's a it's a really it's a lovely nice place city isn't it time. yeah all right so let's let's talk a bit about what we think is going to happen with running shoe brands and, and where they are at the moment um what do you think is or what are going to be the most exciting running shoe brands over the next year or so we know a little bit about sort of the things coming out over the next year who do you think is going to be making some waves uh, over the next few months and years yeah i think immediately comes to mind the the new alpha fly from nike i think that's looking quite different to what we've seen before um and if it is any good, like Nike shoes have been in the past, then I think that could be a real like step forward in terms of the carbon racing shoe game. Um, I, I think Hocker have, have caught up quite a lot recently as well with the, the Rocket X2. Uh, to be honest, I was if somebody had said to me, like, Hocker is going to have a competitive carbon racing shoe this time last year, I probably would have laughed at them a bit because their previous version was not competitive in in comparison to to others so i think hocker are definitely up and coming and that's good to see like their clifton their mac lineup as well is is great 
and they've got like a Mac X, like they're doing a, mm-hmm. a carbon fiber daily trainer type thing. So I think we're going to see quite a lot more of that, like innovation in the daily trainer space. I think maybe carbon racing shoes are almost hitting their max. Obviously, they can't get any more. They can't add any stack height to those shoes. They've already maxed out at 40 mil for, for most of them. So maybe the carbon fiber market will stagnate a bit. But I think I think there's going to be a lot more like technology advancements in the daily trainers and just to try and make a bit more of a fun uh, running experience like Adidas did with the Prime X, like ASICs have done with the Super Blast. I think there's going to be some real wacky things coming out. Stuff like that, I think there's just going to be some some wacky stuff that we can have in the sort of lineup that offers a bit more of an experience over maybe performance, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's I think it's tricky with um, you sort of pinpointed the brands like uh, like Puma and and Hocker. They they're in a good position when it comes to trying stuff out because it's not going to make a massive difference for them. But with yeah. with Nike, I always worry about the new like look at the Vaporfly three. I do think it's an improvement on the Vaporfly two, but they've only really sort of tweaked it a bit. It's not like a you know a completely new shoe. And Nike's always very careful with you know advancements in what they're doing because they know they can't go too far away from what will be in the leading shoe yeah. brand basically and it's always a bit it's risky always. so the Alphi 3 very excited about that but I mean look at the Alphi 2 they sort of just modified it a bit some people didn't quite like it some people liked it but ultimately it's like would you would you pay the money for that or you know just get the older one and most people go I just get the older one because it's not yeah. cheaper now but yeah. they brands like Puma and, and I mean Puma's you know just doing all sorts of stuff at the moment because they can because there's there's no expectations really. It's not like they're gonna. There's any shoes that are the leading shoe for carbon plate shoes or anything like that. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. But as you say as well about the daily shoe thing, that's definitely an area where a lot of brands seem to be just trying stuff out now. You look at something like the Socony Speedline. That's not mm. really changed that much since the first one. Uh, and at the time, that was like a phenomenal daily shoe. But all these different brands are doing similar things now. They're trying to produce a, a, a speed, an endorphin speed, yeah, for everyone. Um, and it's starting to get trickier now. When we would do the the sort of all rounder shoe category for our awards every year, it is getting tricky now to sort of pin, pinpoint what is a good daily shoe because they're quite confusing what they're trying to do with them. Yeah, definitely. People don't want like just a a standard shoe like a Pegasus anymore. They want something fun, exciting for every run that maybe we would associate with a racing shoe or an interval session. Everyone wants that sort of like poppy, soft, bouncy, aggressive feeling shoe underfoot, like for every run now. So I feel like, yeah, the days of the of the Pegasus 40. And I think Nike are going to really have to innovate that shoe pretty soon. Otherwise, it's just going to die with the likes of the Saucony and Endorphin Speed lineup. They're just going to become so much more popular to the point where I think yeah, companies are going to have to try a lot harder with their daily running shoes, that's for sure. Yeah, and the, uh, the other problem with those, uh, we, we just did recorded a video yesterday, me and Nick, about uh, uh, the, the, the Pegasus 40. And the, the problem with shoes like that is they were originally solid shoes that were cheap or the cheaper alternatives for that for that line, but still had the technology in that you'd get in the more premium shoes. But now with rising costs, that, that shoe started to become a bit too expensive for its own good. And you yeah. start starting to move into realms where you go, well, actually, you're now competing with other really good shoes that, that are out there, the daily shoes that can do a lot more. Um, yeah. I, I suppose it's like the the Zoom Fly range, which Nike just sort of just didn't do anything with for a long time. And it just became less and less important over time. And 
I don't think I don't think I've heard anyone mention the the the, the more recent versions of, of of the Zoom Fly with all the other shoes that you can get at the moment. Yeah, I I actually brought it to review, tried it on the first run, and was like, "Snaff, I'm sending it back." Yeah, yeah, but I, 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 felt I, like I, a brick. It's, it's quite <laughs> common, and it's not cheap shoe either. That that was no. a, that used to be the cheap alternative to you know the Vaporfly and things like that because it had plate in it and stuff. But now it's, yeah. it's not really that cheap anyway. No. There's loads of other brands that do similar surprise ones that are just it's really good. All right, so I'm going to give you uh, three running shoe brands, and I just want you to tell me the best thing about each one. Could be a feature, could be sort of an overall thing about them. So Nike. Vaporfly. Excellent. Okay. Sockany. Sockany. The best thing about Sockany is the speed lineup. Very versatile. Everyone's going to get on well with it. Yes, it hasn't innovated that much in the last couple of years, but it's still a solid shoe that you can use for pretty much everything good answer and then puma my favorite shoe from puma is actually the fast r which Ooh. i don't feel like has got enough like credit in the in the racing shoe sphere yeah. at the moment the way it's got like the decoupled midsole i really like how it's soft and responsive at the front and then it offers a little bit more stability at the back and i feel like the way that plate is shaped just for 5 and 10k races that i've done in it I've, it's just felt really really good so i think for Puma, the the sort of dark horse of of super shoes at the moment would be the, the fast R for me. Mm, interesting. I was I was fine with the Puma shoes that they make really really good shoes, but for a specific group of people. So mm. something like the fast R it doesn't have that wide appeal of like the Vaporfly or something. Because yeah, like, if so. I said to some of my friends who maybe you know four hour something marathon runners, I would never say get the fast R. Um, mm because they're just not going to like it. They might like it for like a you know, short distance one. But yeah, Puma seems to have these like lots and lots of shoes that are very good for all these specific parts of the market, but don't really have, I've got the DV8 Nitro Elite 2, which is the most sort of mainstream calm plate shoe that they've got. But even yeah. that is still quite a bit more specific than a lot of competitor shoes out there. Yeah, that's true, actually. I think they've done well with their daily shoes recently. The hmm. uh, DV8 Nitro is, is really popular. Uh, I think it offers a good sort of balanced balanced yeah. shoe. So it's good that they've Im- they've improved in the last few years compared to where they used to be. But I think, yeah, maybe they've got still a bit of a way to, to go before they start catching up. Well, I, I, I have a feeling we're going to see some interesting developments from Puma in the next uh, in the next few months. And yeah, maybe we'll trip out to, out for. to Puma. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, where I saw you uh, in Boston. Exactly, yeah. All right, so uh, aside from, uh, well, let's talk a little bit about the future of running shoes, which is a really tricky one these days because in the old days, you could, you know, the calm plates came about. That was the, a massive advancement in, in, in running shoes. Some of the foams that came around sort of reinvented how people ran. What do you think is going to be the next thing that we see is going to, is going to be the sort of driving force behind the next era of running shoes? Yeah, I think it's obviously hard to predict the future a little bit, but I think there's going to be a lot more uh, shoes in that you can purchase that are technically illegal for like um, pros to use. But for example, like Adidas brought out the Prime X that was, it's got 50 mil of stack height in the back. It's got, you know, it's not, you can't race in it and, and qualify for Olympics in that shoe. So I think a lot of brands are going to be making shoes that are technically illegal for racing, but they're going to offer a bit more of a, an experience for for people so i wouldn't be surprised if you see the likes of Sockany and puma and 
ASICs, bringing out these wacky shoes that you can't race in, but are going to be great fun for your, for your everyday marathon runner. Yes, yes. I, I, I think, uh, well, I've seen a few of these designs floating about. Um, I think there's a lot of leaked ones online as well, where we've seen some ridiculous looking shoes that just look like sort of shoes that you'd, you know, when you were a kid and uh, went through the Argos, you looked at Argos and there was some like moon boots or something. It's yeah. not getting pretty close to that now. Exactly, um, yeah. What are your views on the uh, the Primex? Yeah, I like it. It's pretty good. I think it's a maybe a tiny bit overkill uh, for mm. me personally. It just having that amount of soft, squishy foam under your foot is a little bit concerning, uh, especially if you're running anywhere that isn't in a straight line and on completely flat surfaces. Um, I always feel like I'm about to roll my ankle in it. Um, but if it, if it was a bit more stable, then I think I'd, I'd use it probably a little bit more. Um, definitely offers a special running um, sort of feeling underfoot. It just, so so bouncy like literally having a trampoline under your foot yeah so if, if you've not experienced something like that before then i think that would be pretty wild to to try for the first time it's fun you, you just you, you just got to be a sort of runner that could could not get distracted and just look at the ground all the time because yeah, exactly. i did uh i did eastbourne half marathon in those and uh i eastbourne it was not a flat um straight course there was yeah. lots of hills in it there was lots of turns and there was a couple of times where i, I thought I'd, i've got i've gone now but uh, yeah just sort of held it but yeah definitely if you're the sort of runner that stares it stares into the sky when you're running yeah the primex exactly risky. if you're in the middle right. of a marathon and there's bottles all over the floor then yeah, <sighs> yeah you've yeah. got to be real careful <laughs> yeah i would not want to do that uh, all right, then, last question. So as part of this podcast series, we, I'm going to create a playlist with all the people that we've had on it with uh, their three tracks. So you get three songs on repeat for a whole marathon. You, you, you've just got to listen to them the whole time. For you, that's not quite so bad because, you know, if you're a five-hour marathon, that's a more difficult question. Yeah. Uh, what three songs are you going for? Good question. So my go-to sort of band for, for when things get tougher, Foles. Mm-hmm. Um, quite a heavy sort of rocky vibe. Um, so I'd probably go for "What Went Down" by Foles. That's that would definitely be at the top of my list. I think I'm also a big Mac Miller fan, so I'd probably go for there's a song called "Best Day Ever," and that always just puts me in a good mood. So that would be my second choice. My third choice, I would go for something a little bit different. Uh, Loyal Karna. I don't know if you've listened to much of his no. music before. Uh, he's got a song called no cd and it's just it just repeats the chorus is quite repetitive and catchy and again it's just one of those songs that you listen to and it puts you in almost almost aggressive mood actually like it makes you want to push yourself type song okay. um, so those three would be my picks i think well i'm gonna stick them on my plays for tonight see if they yeah, work just repeat them <laughs> yeah 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 Oh, cool. Okay, let's let's finish off then with you, you've done. You just you've just ran. Was Boston the last big race you did? Yeah, the last big race was Boston for sure. And you got a fancy new PB in that race. Um, did, yeah. What was it? You got two twenty four. Not bad. Not bad. No, I was very um, happy with that. So what's so what's coming up next then? Have you are you aiming for another marathon or have you are you going to aim for something else? Yeah. So over the next sort of maybe two or three months, I'm doing a bit of a track season. Um, so I'm trying to focus a bit more on the, the 3K, 5K distance just to try and get a little bit faster over the shorter stuff to then hopefully move back towards the marathon distance uh, at the end of this year or into next year. 
because yeah a lot of people or a lot of faster people have said that if you really focus on your your track speed then when it comes to the marathon you'll be a little bit more efficient a bit faster so yeah that's my plans for the next sort of few months no big fancy races abroad just some local track races and try and mix it with some of the short faster guys i think there are a lot, there are a lot of hassle the big marathons aren't there they are quite a bit of hassle but great fun great fun and, it, and it, if there's a marathon that you want to do in the future not not now because you're focusing on the track stuff it what which marathon have you, have you not done that you'd like to do uh i think the one that sort of stands out to me is definitely london marathon um, i've not done london yet i haven't done it yet i've oh, been okay. sort of putting it off almost i've got in the back of my mind i want to do london marathon when i'm in like the best possible marathon shape i can possibly be in and my my times are still coming down like a little bit slowly now but they're still improving so I'd like to I've always put London Marathon on a bit of a pedestal that when I reach my sort of prime marathon running age or ability then I'll give London a crack so of all the races I think that would probably be at the top of my must-do lists Um, but maybe not next year maybe the year after there's no no rush for it basically but definitely yeah. up there well I'm sure, I'm sure one of us will be doing it the year that you do it one of us always seems to be doing it every year yeah but unlike you I normally do it when I'm at the uh the, the, the worst uh fitness I've, I've never done oh, a good yeah. London because I'm a, I always find with London that I normally don't know I'm getting I'm going to be running it until quite late on so I've not really planned planned for it very well yeah. um but also I hate training over winter I like training over the summer so yeah my spring races are always just yeah, a lot just, better just just get it done then, uh, then yeah i've got berlin in september so i've actually got a train for that one. Oh, um, nice well, good luck cheers all right well uh thanks a lot for coming on ben yeah thanks for having me that was really nice chatting some some geeky shoe stuff with you that's all that's all we do that's all we do um well good luck with the track stuff and uh we'll catch you soon thank you very much Thanks a lot for listening. This episode of the podcast was presented by Tom Wheatley. His guest was Ben Felton and the music was by Fear of Tigers.